It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Trey. Thank you for joining us for another Thursday edition, which is the time that we get your very thought-provoking questions. And uh, there's a lot uh, going on in the world. A lot of it not so great. Maybe some of it okay, but all of it probably uh, could stand to know a little more about or at least see in a different light. So with that, we will bring in Miss Mary Langston. How are you? Hey, Trey, I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I hope you had a good fourth. Yes, sir, I did. Um, You know, there's lots going on in the news, so we have a lot of thoughts, or our listeners have a lot of things on their minds, so we have a lot of good questions. Are you ready to get started? Probably not, because I don't really have much of anything on my mind other than counting down the days to the start of college football, but I'll... (laughs) See, depending on what the questions are, whether or not I have an answer or not, or whether Mm -hmm. I can just kind of fake my way through it. I'm going to throw a question your way. Have you watched any of Wimbledon? I have not because Roger Federer is not playing. Mm -hmm. He's not, but he has been there a little bit. I saw him there in his fancy little suit. I mean, like James Bond. (laughs) He does look like James Bond. I'm. He was the reason I want, I mean, you know, before him, it was Agassi before him, it was Jimmy Connors, but I just, mm-hmm. I don't, other than hoping Nadal or Djokovic don't win, I really mm-hmm. don't have a reason to watch. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. And then one other thing I was going to ask you is we've had a lot of people write in about, well, folks that watch the Sunday night show, they've been asking about your thumb. Is that okay? A lot of people have asked about your thumb. I guess they How noticed they something know? during the show, oh, which really is very wanna... kind of them to ask. So oh. I figured I would throw it out there because it was more than just one person. Wow. Uh, well, I should not talk with my hands. That way they would not know. <laughs> uh, yes, I. my thumb is fine. I don't, I still to this day cannot tell you what happened. I was putting um, a bag, I think probably my wife's bag in the overhead compartment on a trip we were going on, which mm-hmm. I don't mean to suggest that was the only bag she had. Cause of course it was not. She also <laughs> checked a bag, but the bag and the overhead, I had to move it. And I, I have no idea what, but I mean, to say that I cut it would be an understatement. It, I, I, I don't, I don't know what was in there, but mm. um, she spent a lot of time trying to get it to stop bleeding on that 12 hour flight we went on. And then, it's uh, better now, um, but it, it was not like a cut. It was, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it was. Uh, some like instrument of torture or something was in mm-hmm. the overhead bin. But I uh, thank you, everybody. I'm going to try not to talk with my hands so people can't <laughs> tell that my thumb was uh, barely attached. But I learned a valuable lesson. And from now on, she can put her own bag up in the overhead. <laughs> Well, I'm glad it's healing. And um, thank you for answering that question. It was sweet that people were checking on you. It is. It's, it's healing. And I'm sure in the you know next 
you know, 12, 18 months, the feeling will slowly and surely start coming back to it also. Oh, goodness. Well, on that note, we will get started with our questions. So our first question is from Nancy in Mississippi, and she writes, the Constitution provides that when a state is a party in a case, that the Supreme Court has original jurisdiction. That means the case goes directly to the Supreme Court. Where does the Supreme Court get the power to refuse to hear a case where a state is a party? Well, Nancy, you're right. Uh, The Supreme Court has what it calls original jurisdiction over disputes between states. And the the Constitution uses the word shall, which for the rest of us, shall means must. But in the law, it really does not mean must. It means may. I think the exact phrase for people that want to find it in all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls and those in which a state shall be a party, the Supreme Court shall have original jurisdiction. So think South Carolina and North Carolina. They they share a border, don't they? South Carolina and North Carolina. That's right. Okay. I had to pick two states that I know have a border with one another. (laughs) So South Carolina and North Carolina, if they have a boundary dispute, it goes to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, the fact that the Supreme Court is where the case has to go does not mean the Supreme Court has to take the case. The court, like it can in other uh, matters, whether it be appeals, has discretion on whether or not to take a case. So. If states have a dispute, it goes to the Supreme Court, but they don't have to I mean, the Supreme Court is not a trial court. So for them to have original jurisdiction, what if they needed more facts? What if they wanted a trial? What I mean, the Supreme Court is not going to sit over and preside over a jury trial. So what you're seeing um, and there's a little conflict on the court, quite candidly, is the court more often exercising its discretion not to take a case, not to hear the case. So again, the word shall to the rest of us means must, but that is not what it means to the Supreme Court. It means may. And just like they don't have to take, let's assume there's a dispute between the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals and the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and it's a really, really important issue and one circuit says X and the other circuit says Y, you would think the Supreme Court would really, really, really want to take that case and kind of reconcile the difference. But they don't have to. They don't have to really take anything. So, yes, you're right. State disputes, original and exclusive jurisdiction in the Supreme Court. But that still doesn't mean they have to take it. North Carolina and South Carolina could have a boundary dispute. They could be begging the Supreme Court to resolve it, and the Supreme Court could say, we're not going to. Well, thank you, Trey, and thank you, Nancy, for your question. We'll answer more of your questions when we come back. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on, 
for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Our next question is from William in Texas, and he writes, Trey, the founders wanted the senators from each state to be appointed by state legislatures. The Constitution was amended to allow statewide Senate elections. It seems to me the founders were wise and we should have never changed the Constitution. Do you have an opinion about this? Uh, that's a great question, William. I probably don't have a deeply. I mean, I've thought about it, obviously. I mm-hmm. may have been the 17th Amendment, 16th. I don't know. Can look it up. But he's right. State legislative bodies used to pick the senators. The theory being that the senators represent the interest of a larger group, i.e. the state, whereas the House of Representatives represents the interest of the people, which is why it's called the people's house. So the framers kind of had different notions for those two bodies, the house every two years, smaller geographic regions, smaller districts, more responsive to the people, the senators, you know, the analogy I hear used the most, although I don't know anybody that really drinks out of a coffee cup with a saucer anymore, <laughs> is the House is that coffee cup and the Senate is the saucer. And that's where when the coffee spills over and it's hot, you let it kind of cool off. That the Senate is just viewed as the more deliberative of the two bodies. At least that's how it was set up. Hmm. But what I want people to do is think about who their favorite U.S. senator is right now. Who is your favorite current U.S. senator? And then I want you to ask yourself if there's any chance in the world that person, that man or woman would have been picked by your or their state legislative body. You know, I mean, I I like a lot of senators, but it's not going to surprise anybody when I say Tim Scott would be my favorite. Mm -hmm. I do not think Tim Scott would be a senator right now if the South Carolina General Assembly was doing the picking. He served in the state house. Uh, Little known fact, there was an opening for state treasurer. And um, he was Governor Sanford's pick to be the replacement for our state treasurer who was leaving office unceremoniously. And I don't, I think if Tim were on with us, he would say he may have had five votes out of 170, maybe. So I don't think Tim Scott would have been the pick. Um, Did he have friends in the state 
General Assembly? Yes. But I, I, I don't think they would have picked him. I know for sure they would not have picked the guy that preceded him. They would not have picked Jim DeMint. Would they pick Lindsey? Lindsey did serve in the state house. Would they have picked him when he first ran? I don't know. Probably not. And you think about other senators that are serving. I mean, I can think of one in Nebraska right now that was a college president. There's not a chance in the world he'd be in the United States Senate if the Nebraska, I think Nebraska is a unicameral legislative body, isn't it? I think they only have one, but I could be wrong about that. But mm-hmm. he wouldn't be picked. So, you know, would Tom Cotton have been picked in Arkansas? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. He was really young. When he ran, he ran against a Democrat incumbent. I'm sure somebody in Arkansas would have said, wait a minute, you know, you got to wait your turn. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at it. Who would you get if we went back to the old way? If we went back to the old way of I'll pick on my own state, the South Carolina General Assembly picking the senators. You better believe it would be um, one of their own. You better believe that even though most of the population or a plurality of the population is in the upstate, um, the upstate does not seem to get its share of things in my state. It's a Columbia Charleston centric state. Mm-hmm. So we've got, you know, one senator from the upstate. We used to have both. It used to be Lindsay and Jim DeMent. That would never happen if the state. General Assembly was doing the picking. Mm. I can't remember the last one from Columbia we had, but you better believe that would change if they were doing the picking. So I get the theory. The theory is that state legislative bodies think more statewide, but that's not true anymore. So the reasons the framers had for doing it that way no longer exist. And I think you would get a very different kind of U.S. Senate. You might like it better. You might not like it better. But it would be very different. So the bottom line is, I think you have a hard time making the argument that people picking their own representatives is a bad idea. Right now, we get to pick our U.S. senators. Anybody that wants to run can run and the people get to pick it. And you know, right now, I trust the people more than I do state legislative bodies. Well, thank you, Trey. And thank you, William, for your question. Our next question comes from Larry from the great state of South Carolina. And he asked, can a witness before Congress refuse to be sworn in until all members of a committee or anyone else questioning is sworn in? Can they refuse? I guess they can refuse. Um, But the second part of that is never going to happen. The members are never going to swear an oath. And the reason for that is the members are not presenting testimony. Uh, It's the same reason lawyers don't swear an oath to tell the truth in court, because what they say is not evidence. Mm. I do understand the point of the question, which is why the witnesses have to tell the truth, but the members do not. I I get that. I get the frustration of that. But, you know, I think the best example of that frustration is, is actually a law enforcement analogy. I mean, keep in mind, you can be charged with lying to the FBI, but the FBI can lie to you in the exact same interview. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in the world that requires the questioner to tell you the truth, only the person answering the question. So 
will members of Congress ever take an oath that their questions are going to be rooted in fact or truth or their statements will be rooted in fact or truth? No, you would have to build a lot new, a lot of new prisons if you were going to start criminalizing the people asking questions for not having a solid fact-centric, truthful basis for asking that question. There are no rules when it comes to asking questions in Congress. No rules. Doesn't have to be relevant. Doesn't have to be accurate. But the questioner, yes, um, they, they do swear an oath. Now, that said, you can mete out your own punishment if you think a member is not being fair or not telling the truth. You don't, I mean, the only punishment we have in our culture is not criminality. You can decide you're not going to vote for that member or you're going to campaign against that member or simply not ever believe that member again because the member was unfair or untruthful. Mm. But you're not ever going to have a situation where members of Congress swear an oath that their questions are going to be rooted just like lawyers don't do it. And FBI agents, not only do they not do it, an FBI agent can sit here and look at you and say, we have your fingerprints on the murder weapon. We have you on surveillance tape. We need you to confess. And none of that is true. None of it. Hmm. So I can't explain the why. I can just explain the what. The person answering the questions has to tell the truth. The person asking the questions does not. Wow. Well, thank you, Trey. And thank you, Larry, for your question. And we're moving on to our last question. And it's from Angela. She writes, blessings, Trey. In the contract for hire, you prosecuted where the murderer was caught by a fingerprint on a scripture in a new Bible. What scripture was the fingerprint on? That's a great question, Angela. And the reason I know the answer to that question is multifold. Number one, I don't think I'll ever forget it, but I j just finished writing, I guess, what would be my third book now, which is three more books than any of my English teachers thought I would read, much less write. <laughs> But mm -hmm. I, I, just, I told a story. It's a book about making the best decisions in life and how to live a life of significance and meaning and purpose. And I'd mm -hmm. actually tell the story of this witness who was killed and how and why he was killed and then how uh, we caught the men um, who killed him. There was, uh, I don't want you to not read the book, so I'll just say this. It was in the book of Ezekiel. A hardworking forensic technician found that fingerprint on that, on a page in the Bible that the killer gave my witness. And that really played a huge role in how we were able to solve the case. And it was one of the reasons we were able to not only know who committed the murder, but more importantly, prove it to the jury. The book of Ezekiel, which I haven't read in a while, it's a somewhat apocalyptic book. I think there's some prophecies in there, too, about Gog and Magog. But um, Old Testament, book of Ezekiel, can't tell you the verse, can't tell you the story. but there it is. And I chronicle that um, the story of that federal witness and how and why he was killed. And then more importantly, how and why the killers were captured and what that has to do with making the best decisions in life. That's actually chronicled in the book that should be coming out uh, first part of next year. So thank you for the question, Angela.
Well, thank you so much, Trey. And we're looking forward to that book. And thank you, Angela. For lower your expectations. Well, I don't know if we'll do that. But lower we'll- your expectations. I think most of the... I think most of the subjects agree with the verbs in my writing, but I, but I wouldn't swear to it. I think most <laughs> of it. So I got to run grammar check on it before I get it out. But Well, you're really good with grammar. Uh, it was a fun little book to write. Um, it's got nothing to do with politics. It's about how to live a life of significance and and how to make the best decisions in life. And I only know that because of how many bad ones I've made, but there's no reason for both of us to make the same wrong decision. So I'm going to spare you, spare you making a lot of bad decisions by telling you how to make good ones. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. It sounds like a book that we need, we all need to read. Uh, Well, we shall see. Um, But thank you for all the questions and I can't wait uh, for next week. And um, yes, sir sure with the world we're living in there'll be a lot lot more uh questions coming up so with that i hope everybody has a fantastic week and we will see you next week have a great week keep sending us your questions please subscribe rate or review this podcast on apple podcast or at foxnewspodcast.com you've been listening to the trey gowdy podcast on the fox news podcast network Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.